want to uh, begin this morning. Uh, we are going to bring our series when we all pull together to a close. Um, and then next week will be Mother's Day, and then we're going to start a brand new series in the book of James. Uh, but today I want to um, read our text again in Hebrews chapter 10, beginning in verse number 23. The writer of Hebrews says this, Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And then look at verse number 25. This will be the focus of our time together today, the writer says this, and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Would you pray with me this morning? Holy Spirit, we just ask that in these next few minutes together, Lord, may you open our eyes, our ears. Lord, prepare our hearts to hear and to receive this divine word today. And Lord, I pray that in this season that we are in right now, we uh, have not had the opportunity to meet together in person for the past several weeks. The focus of this message today is reminding us that it is important for the believers, for God's people to gather together, to be encouraged, to be strengthened. And so Lord, I ask and pray that this word would just encourage and minister to many hearts today, those that are longing to return to the to the worship gathering, I pray, God, that their hearts would be encouraged today. And Lord, I ask that you would help me to speak your word with boldness, with clarity, with simplicity. And God, as I pray always, help me to decrease so that you, God, would increase and be the focus of our time together today, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, There could not be a, a more appropriate time to, in my opinion, to discuss the value of the corporate gathering during a season that this gathering has been temporarily stripped away. Uh, I can say to you this morning as I uh, share with you today, I miss each one of you. I had the chance to uh, talk with several of you this past week just on a phone conversation and, and enjoyed hearing your voices and And I can say that many of you shared with me how much you miss worshiping together, you miss being together, and I know uh, every single one of us, we are longing uh, to be together again where we can uh, encourage and build one another up and where we can worship together in the presence of the Lord. And so I know I can share with you as your pastor, as your friend today, that I miss being together, I miss worshiping with each of you, and many of you very specifically said um, I didn't realize how much I, I missed being a part of the local church gathering. Uh, I can say to you today in my 10 plus years of ministry experience, uh, I've heard all the excuses why people choose not to be a part of the local worship gathering, why people miss church. Some are good excuses, uh, others not so much. I've heard things such as, well, I don't really need to attend church. I can do that at home because it's just about me and God. I know some have distanced themselves from the church gathering because they've been wounded in the church. They've been hurt by things that have been said or things that have been done, creating a bad taste in their mouth. I know some just simply say, well, I don't have enough time because they've committed to other things. They've made other things a priority other than their commitment to the local church gathering, sports and other things take up that time and keep them from being a part of the local church. I know some distance themselves altogether from the local gathering because uh, 
that it doesn't meet their preferences. They don't, they find imperfections with the church, uh, the music style, the preaching style. Hopefully that's not your concern this morning, but, but there are some that, that don't attend the local gathering because they don't like this music style. They don't like this preaching style. They, they don't offer the ministry that they would like for the church to offer. And so there's all kinds of excuses that we've made up as believers why we don't attend. And and the reality is when we get to the book of Hebrews, we see a group of Jewish converts who are being addressed here in Hebrews. And they too had their own reasons for neglecting the church or the local gathering of God's people. Uh, They were a discouraged group of people because Christ had not yet returned. And they were beginning to wane in their faith because Christ had promised to come back and they thought it was going to happen in their time frame, but he had not yet come. Therefore, they started falling away from gathering together as God's people. We also know that this group of Jewish believers, they were facing disapproval and rejection from an unbelieving society. Look in Hebrews chapter 10, look at verse 32 through 34. The writer says this, think back on those days, those early days, when you first learned about Christ. Remember how you remained faithful, even though it meant terrible suffering. Sometimes you were exposed to public ridicule and were beaten. Sometimes you helped others who were suffering the same things. You suffered along with those who were thrown into jail. And when all you owned was taken away from you, you accepted it with joy. You knew there were better things waiting for you that will last forever. This author, this writer is writing to these Jewish believers and reminding them that in the earlier days when they were being ridiculed, when they were suffering, when they were facing hardship, when they were in jail, when they were in prison because of their faith in Jesus Christ, they endured it because they knew that there were better things waiting for them. Therefore, whatever the reason may be, I think it's very vital that we observe today the call of the writer of Hebrews. When he writes in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, he says this, let us Let us not neglect our meeting together. So the question I want to address this morning is why? Why is the meeting together, the local gathering of God's people, why is it critical? Why is it vital? Why is it essential that we all pull together as God's people? There's three things I want to share with you this morning in response to that question. Number one, the local gathering is important. It is in the corporate gathering where God's people are renewed and refreshed. I want you to hear this this morning. God's intention is for the corporate worship gathering. When we come together on Sunday morning, when we set up chairs at the West J Community Center, set up our sound equipment, set up the, the kids' room and the kids' spaces, when we do all of that together on Sunday morning to worship, It is within that corporate gathering that God intends for it to be a place where we, God's people, are spiritually strengthened. We don't do it just so we can see one another on Sunday morning and say hello and shake a few hands. We do it, we come together, we have the corporate worship gathering so we can be strengthened spiritually, we can be renewed, our tanks can be refilled. Listen to what Paul says in 1 Corinthians Chapter 14, verse 26, well, my brothers and sisters, let's summarize. When we meet together, 
one will sing, another will teach, another will tell some special revelation God has given, one will speak in tongues, and another will interpret what is said. But listen to what Paul, then he ends with this, he says, but everything that is done, everything that is done, and he's talking about in chapter 14, the public worship gathering. He's talking about the meeting together of God's people. And he will end with verse 26, and he will say, everything that is done in this public or corporate worship gathering must strengthen all of you. Paul knew and Paul made clear to the church at Corinth that when you come together in the house of the Lord, when you gather together for worship, whatever that worship experience may look like, everything that is done from the moment that you enter in into the moment that you leave, everything that takes place must be done to strengthen, to build up, to encourage those that are gathering. Uh, we know that this is, this is the pattern of Paul as a church planter. When he moves from city to city, Paul would return to many of the churches that he once planted. Uh, on three of his missionary journeys, oftentimes he would find ways, excuses to, to make his way to one of those previous churches that he had planted in order to strengthen the believers that were there. He knew that the corporate worship gathering was a place where God's people would come. They would worship in the presence of God and he knew that it was there that the believers would be strengthened and built up. We read in Acts chapter 14, verse 21, after preaching the good news in Derby and making many disciples, Paul and Barnabas, they returned to Lystra, Iconium and Antioch of Pisidia. And listen, verse 22, where they strengthened the believers. They encouraged them to continue in the faith, reminding them that we must suffer many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. Paul found any opportunity that he could on his missionary journeys. If he could, he would go back to one of those churches that he planted, that, that he built root or he put roots in, and he would go back to, the, to those churches and he would do whatever he could to encourage, to strengthen the believers there. He wanted them to thrive. He wanted them to grow spiritually and to be strong and effective for the kingdom of God. To experience true renewal and to receive a, a fresh anointing of the ministry and the work of the Holy Spirit, we cannot neglect the corporate gathering. And we must not fail to put down strong roots. I know for various reasons, sometimes we move from church to church. And again, as I said earlier, sometimes it's because we were hurt in a church or or the preferences or the style of ministry doesn't line up with what we're looking for. But I just want to remind us all this morning that there are some dangers when we, when we church hop or when we move from place to place or we don't put down roots in a local church gathering. A church hopping keeps us from putting down those strong roots, from building those relationships, from experiencing the ministry of God's people that's taking place in that gathering. It, it keeps us from being connected, not just to, to God, but being connected to the body of Christ, to one another, brothers and sisters in the Lord. Church hopping reveals to a world that is lost, it reveals a lack of commitment. And even this constant restlessness, when we move from one church to another or from one place to another, it, 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 it communicates that, that we are not committed, that we don't have deep roots in this place of worship. To experience the fullness of the body of Christ, where we can utilize our gifts, 
where we can be encouraged, where we can be strengthened, where we can be built up, where there's accountability, where, where there's ownership, to experience the fullness of the body of Christ, the, the unity that is called for. It's vital and it's essential that we put down strong roots. I want you to hear one of the church fathers, Anselm of Canterbury, in the 12th century, he compared a restless believer to a tree that can't thrive because it's frequently transplanted or often disturbed. Anselm writes these words, he warns, he says, if he often moves from place to place at his own whim, or remaining in one place is frequently agitated by hatred of it, he never achieves stability with roots of love. If we neglect the gathering of God's people, or if we move from place to place, or we fail to put down strong roots in in a congregation where God's people are gathering, we will never experience the fullness of the body of Christ, and never will we experience or achieve stability with roots of love. And real simply this morning, let me just say to each of us, and this is true for me as your pastor and, and, and as believers, at some point in time, our, our spiritual tanks, they're going to reach a place where they are empty, where they need to be refilled, where they need to be refreshed and renewed. It's just like our vehicles, it comes to a point where our, our vehicle reaches that little spot where it is on E, it's on empty. And when it gets to that spot, we find the nearest gas station and we go and we fill up our vehicle with gas so we can continue to move along and go about where we need to go. And the same is true in our spiritual life. There comes a point, if we neglect the gathering, the corporate gathering, where we can be encouraged and refreshed by the body of Christ, there comes a point where our spiritual tanks will be on empty. And we need, we need one another. We need the body of Christ. We need to meet together in the corporate worship gathering so we can be refilled, so we can be renewed and refreshed. It is here that, that our tanks are full. It is here that they are filled up. It is here that we are encouraged and we are refilled and refreshed. We need the church. We need the local gathering. Second thing I want to share with you this morning is it is in the corporate worship gathering where God's people are equipped to be ministers in the marketplace. One of the passages that we may know well, Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 and 12, Paul will write to those in Ephesus. He says, now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, apostles, prophets, evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Paul says very clearly their responsibility, the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. Pastors and church leaders, according to Paul here in Ephesians, they are called to provide God's people with the necessary tools to reach the world for Christ. Some of those tools include providing instruction in God's word. Providing sound teaching and sound doctrine. Part of the worship gathering, we come and, and we have a service in order to help us all encounter the beauty of the presence of God. So our lives can be changed so that when we leave this place, 
and we go out those buildings outside of the West Jay Community Center and we go into Dunkirk, we go into Jay County, we leave and we go into the community equipped and better able to serve and to be ministers in the community that God has placed us in. We come, we worship, we gather together so that we can be better equipped, so we can receive the tools we need to reach our world for Christ. When we gather together, we gather as a network of believers where we pray for one another, where, where we can hold one another accountable. When we meet together in our discipleship groups, part of that is to be trained in the word of God, to study his word, to grow in our relationship with him, where we can pray for one another as brothers and sisters in the Lord and where we can hold each other accountable. The gathering of God's people is the place where we are equipped so then we can be sent out to do the mission or to do, to do the work that God has called us to. These tools, they are given and they are received within the context of the gathering of God's people. And I want to make a bold statement this morning. Without the corporate gathering, without the meeting together of God's people, God's people will lack the resources and training to be effective ministers in the marketplace. And if that is true, then reaching a lost world for Christ, if we neglect the corporate gathering, if we decide that it's no, no longer important for us to come together to worship in the corporate sense, then reaching a lost world for Christ, it will be left up to just a few small individuals instead of the whole. I want you to think about the example of Jesus for a moment. He spent three years with a group of 12 motley disciples. Uh, he had Peter who would oftentimes stick his foot in the mouth and say something before he really thought it through. Uh, he had tax collectors. Uh, he had um, those who were zealots who, who wanted to see Rome overthrown. He had all kinds of, of personalities for three years that he spent time with. And what did Jesus do during those three years? Jesus, he modeled before his disciples what it looked like to be about God's business. He taught them. He would sit down. And in Matthew's gospel, there's five different places where there are five teaching discourses where he will teach his disciples and he will train them. He will equip them. When they would gather together, it's there in that place, in the, in the local gathering of God's people that Jesus equipped and trained his, his disciples so that when Jesus ascended and he sat down at the right hand of the Father, these 12 disciples could carry on the ministry and the work of Jesus in Jesus' absence or until the Holy Spirit would come and give them power. Jesus taught them. During those three years, he introduced them to the Father. And then Jesus would send them out. He commissioned them to continue the ministry. So it's the local gathering when we come together, when we worship, not only do we come here to have our tanks refilled, but we come here to be equipped. So you and I, so we can all be better witnesses for Jesus Christ. There is a lost world that needs to know about the hope that we have in Christ. And unless we are properly trained, unless we are equipped in the word of God and, and we have the, the prayer support and accountability of one another, we're gonna fall short. If we're gonna reach this world for Christ, if we're gonna reach Dunkirk, we're going to reach Jay, Jay County, Delaware County, Blackford County, all of East Central Indiana. We need, we cannot neglect the corporate gathering because it's here that we are equipped, trained, and given the resources we need 
to carry on God's mission. The corporate gathering then becomes the place that one is trained, commissioned, and finally sent out. And then finally this morning, number three, it's in the corporate worship gathering where God's people can clearly reveal to a lost world the importance of Jesus. Just want to remind you this morning that when we gather together, our meeting together on Sunday mornings, whether it's in a permanent worship facility, whether it's in a place where we have to set up and tear down on a regular basis, wherever we worship together corporately, our commitment to that gathering, it communicates a message to a lost world. When a lost world drives by and they see churches pulling up or they see cars pulling up to a church parking lot or they see cars lined up in front of a community center and signs out in front that say, join us for worship at 1030. When, when a lost world sees that, it communicates a message to them. They may not fully grasp it. They may not fully embrace that message, but it communicates to them something is happening here that is so important that people have given up a part of their day to come and to be together for an hour or for two hours. And so our corporate gathering to a lost world that communicates a message that this must be important. And what that does is when we gather together on Sunday mornings and then on Monday morning when we go into our workplace, when we go to school, uh, when we go to some other gathering during the, during the week, what happens is when they, maybe some lost person saw the cars that are gathering, maybe they saw you walking into the church building, they may begin to ask you questions. That corporate gathering really opens the door for spiritual conversations with believers to say, you know, tell me a little bit about this, this church that you're going to. Why do you get up on Sunday morning and, and get everybody dressed and, and show up at a gathering of people and worship together. Tell me a little bit about that. What it does is it communicates to a lost world that, that this is important and it's vital. So they want to know why. And so then it opens a door for you and for me and for all of us to have conversations with a, a group of non-believers and to share with them why we gather together. We gather to worship and to encounter a risen Savior and Lord, and we do it to be encouraged and strengthened by one another. It paves the way for the Holy Spirit then to do a work in the heart of these non-believers. We are given a venue when we gather together on Sunday or whatever day of the week that we worship together corporately, we are given a venue to utilize our spiritual gifts and resources in connections with the other members of the body of Christ in order for us to accomplish God's mission. When we come together Sunday morning, you, me, all of us, we've been given spiritual gifts. Some of you, hospitality. Some of you, it's singing. Some of you, I can tell you, it's not singing. <laughs> For some of us, it's leadership. For some, it's teaching. For some, it may be the gift of encouragement. For some, it may be prayer. And the beautiful thing about the gathering of God's people is when we come together, that is the place, that is the venue that God has ordained that allows you and me to utilize those gifts in connection with the body of Christ and in, then in order to reach a lost world for him Jesus came as we know in Luke chapter 19 verse 10 Jesus came to seek and save the lost 
That's why he came. That's why he equipped us. That's why he has given us the resources in order to continue to fulfill his mission. His mission is to, is to seek and save those who are far from him. And when we gather together, we can be encouraged and strengthened and refilled and we have a venue to utilize those gifts in order to accomplish God's mission. I shared this with you. When we first planted this church, we uh, started a series called Devoted and I shared a little bit about um, part of our desire is to reach those who are far from Christ. 42% of our world's population is unreached. That means they've never heard the name of Jesus and they have no access to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so when you and I, when we come together on Sunday morning, when we worship, when we are refilled spiritually, we also have an opportunity to utilize those gifts that God has given us. We can come and we can pray for that 42% that are unreached. We can come, we can be encouraged. Maybe it's within the corporate gathering that God begins to stir in our heart to, to give financially to missionaries who are serving that 42% that is unreached. It's very likely that in that corporate gathering, God maybe tugs at your heart and pulls you and stirs in you a desire to be one of those missionaries to go and to reach the 42% that's unreached. It's in the corporate gathering that many are called and that many are commissioned to go. Paul and Barnabas, when they met at the church in Antioch, Acts chapter 13, it's there in the corporate worship gathering that Paul and Barnabas, they they were commissioned. That church, they gathered around them. They, they laid hands on them and they commissioned them and prayed over them and they sent them out to do the work of the ministry. Just before Sarah and I, um, in Oct- on October 13th of 2019, that's when we planted this church here in Dunkirk. But the Sunday before was our 100th anniversary as a church, as a congregation. Glad Tidings was celebrating 100 years of the work that God has been doing and looking forward to what he's gonna do ahead It was on October 6th that we gathered, actually here on this stage, Sarah and our four kids, and we gathered together, and our family and many gathered around us, laid hands on us in the corporate worship gathering, and they prayed over us, and they commissioned us to go and to serve the Dunkirk community. That was within the corporate worship gathering. An entire congregation gathering weekly for worship, encountering the presence of God and using their divine gifts and resources will have a greater impact on the kingdom of God than one pastor in an empty congregation. The local church gathering has great resources and great ability to reach a lost world for Christ. That's why the writer of Hebrews is urging these believers, do not neglect, do not neglect meeting together because in that meeting together your tanks will be refilled you will be refreshed and renewed you will be equipped to serve and you will be able to effectively accomplish the mission that God has called you to Uh, Eugene Peterson pastor writer also the one that has put together uh, the message translation Eugene Peterson I want to read just two quotes to you first of all he says there can be no maturity in the spiritual life no obedience in following jesus no wholeness in the christian life apart from an immersion in an embrace of community he says i am not myself by myself in another spot he will write these words love cannot exist in isolation away from others love 
bloats into pride. Grace cannot be received privately. Cut off from others, it is perverted into greed. Hope cannot develop in solitude, separated from the community. It goes to seed in the form of fantasies. No gift, no virtue can develop and remain healthy apart from the community of faith. Outside the church, there is no salvation, is not ecclesiastical arrogance, a spiritual common sense confirmed in everyday experience. I just want to reiterate what Eugene Peterson says this morning. Salvation, I want you to hear this, salvation includes not just entrance into a vertical relationship with our heavenly father but part of the salvation experience is entrance into a horizontal relationship with one another with the person that sits on your left and the person that sits on your right with a group of people that are far from perfect but part of the salvation experience is we are adopted and we are brought into relationship with God but we are also brought into relationship with a community of faith the household of God the body of Christ I just want to share with you in closing this morning this morning how important the worship gathering the the local churches for me I shared with you at the beginning and I stated very clearly I miss each one of you Uh, this is hard for me even as a pastor Uh, being distanced from the congregation that God has called me to serve, that God has called me to shepherd and care for. I know we're able to talk over the phone and and keep in contact through social media, and I'm, I'm thankful for that. But it's very difficult, very hard for me to be distanced from the congregation that God has called me to. The local gathering all throughout my life has been instrumental in my own walk with the Lord as well as my calling and where he has, where God has placed me presently. The gathering for me has been essential and life-changing, and I know it has for many of you. It was as a young boy in Children's Church in Winchester, Indiana, on a Sunday morning where I gave my heart to Christ, part of the local gathering. It was in that same church that I had the opportunity to be baptized, to to declare before not just one person, not before an empty congregation, but to declare in front of an entire body of believers my commitment and my service to Christ. It was in the local gathering that I was called into ministry, that I I really sensed God stirring in my heart a desire and a longing to serve Him in ministry. It was in the local gathering where I had the privilege to serve And to teach my very first sermon here in Muncie, Indiana, in the youth group across uh, across the way here in our uh, at our Muncie campus, I had the opportunity to preach my very first sermon from Ephesians chapter six on the armor of God called "Don't Fight Naked." And I remember given that being given that opportunity to preach and to teach again. It was in that local gathering. It was in the local gathering where I was the local gathering of God's people here in this church where Sarah and I were married. in front of a congregation of individuals, family and friends. It's in this local gathering where lasting relationships have been formed. And I want to share with you this morning, the local gathering is, is essential to me because it's there that my own children, Eden, Iris, Amos, and Olive, and even as a family where they are experiencing and encountering the presence of God in powerful ways, 
They're being taught the word of God. They're being equipped at ages six, four, three, and one. They are being equipped to be ministers in the marketplace, to express and communicate the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. It's in the local gathering that my children and our family has an opportunity to serve together, to be, to be the church. The church is not a building, but it is the gathering of God's people where we serve and we encourage and we build one another up. With your eyes closed this morning, I want to close in prayer wherever you're watching from today. I want to just make this last statement. I want to pray for you. The gathering of God's people, I want you to hear this, is non-negotiable. It's essential. It's vital. And it must not be neglected. I, I want to encourage and challenge every single person that is listening this morning. And I think for many of us during this season of being on lockdown and during the COVID-19 crisis and pandemic, for many of us, I think it's caused us to, to think about and reflect on the importance of this gathering. For many of you, you miss it more so than you ever have before. For many of you, I think you're already starting to reprioritize your life. And when we can gather again, church is going to become, the local gathering is going to become your top priority. So you can gather together and encounter the presence of God. So I want to exhort you and challenge you and encourage you as your pastor. And I know for me and my family that we need to make church, not the building. We need to make church the gathering of the people of God a top priority. Would you pray with me this morning with your eyes closed? Maybe you are sitting in your living room today and you've never, never made Jesus Christ Lord of your life. Maybe that's something you want to do. You don't have to be in the church building to do that. You don't even need me present to make that commitment. But what you need to do today, if you are sitting there listening to this message and watching us today, and you want to make Christ the Lord of your life, all you have to do is pray with me. And so as we pray together, would you just pray along with me? Father, I thank you for the privilege that we have even in this unique venue to worship together. And Holy Spirit, if you are tugging at the hearts of some today who are watching and who are listening, maybe there's somebody that's sitting in their living room, maybe somebody's sitting at the kitchen table watching this message today and They've never confessed you as their Lord and never invited you to come and to live inside of them. Uh, Lord, I pray right now, wherever they're at, that you would, as they simply pray to you, that you would just come and take up residence in their life. The scriptures are very clear and Paul says very clearly that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, that, it, that means that he is our master. And we submit to him completely and fully and we believe in our hearts. that God raised Jesus from the dead. When we do that, when we pray that, when we mean that, when we commit to that, Paul says, then you will be saved. God, I'm thankful that we're not saved by our good works because all of us would fall short. Salvation is not something that we can earn. But we are so thankful that you have given us the beautiful gift and it is a gift that we can receive, that we can take. And all we have to do is say, God, please forgive us. Cleanse us, make us new. 
and come and live inside of me. At that moment, when we declare Jesus as Lord, at that moment, you come to live inside of us. So Lord, if there's somebody that is doing that, even in this moment, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would just encourage their soul and their spirit and may you just begin to flood them with your presence. And as they make that commitment, Lord, I pray that you would just do a work in their hearts and lives. Help them to become all that you've called them to be. Lord, I thank you for this chance to to gather together. I know it's, again, in a very unique fashion, not our normal way of gathering, but Lord, we thank you uh, for just the resources that we have available to continue uh, to proclaim uh, the message of hope. God, I pray that you would help each of us if for whatever reason, maybe in the previous season before this whole pandemic started, maybe we failed to make the gathering a priority. If that's the case, Lord, I pray that you would help us in this season to reprioritize and to be reminded of the fact that the gathering cannot be neglected because it's there that our tanks are refilled. It's there that we are equipped to do the ministry that you've called us to and it is there that we are able to accomplish the mission that you've called us to. So Lord, help us to make certain that we never neglect the gathering of God's people. Thank you this privilege to worship you in Jesus' name we pray.